those are the three things. Well, first of all, it doesn't sound overwhelming. When no. You put it like that. And the other thing is, is you just named oil, sugar, and wheat. If I'm, I'm a normal person, those don't sound like healthy foods to me immediately. But I, I think what we'll explore is that those can be yeah. healthy foods and, and they can work as part of healthy diet. It's not like Kyle sitting here telling you, you, you can only eat vegetables. These are, are swaps that anyone can make. These are staple foods that everyone has in their pantry. Um, and I think they're, they're pretty easy to, to substitute for. All right, everybody. Welcome. Episode one of the Clean Kitchen Nutrition Podcast. What are we going to call this thing? I have no idea, but I'm Kyle. You guys know me. I'm your host. Well, I guess I guess Kevin's actually the host. Kevin, yeah. why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, welcome, everybody. Excited to be here. My name is Kevin. I am Kyle's brother, and this is, is our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, still, we're still working on the name. We're thinking Clean Kitchen Pod, Clean Kitchen Talks, Clean Kitchen Show. show. Yeah, we got a, a few yeah. ideas. We'll see. Well, you, you, well by the time we post this, you're going to know what it's called already. But at this point, we're still thinking about it. Um, but yeah, happy to be here. I mean, look at us. This is so official. We got these nice mics. We got. The, I ordered this nice arm here. I feel. I feel very official. It is. It's. It's very professional. We are not in the grocery store we're anymore. Not in the grocery <laughs> store. This is the home office. This is. This is the home office. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, very excited. Yeah. But let's start with some some why. Why are you here? Why are you doing a podcast? Yeah, well, um, actually, Kevin, we, uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, we were driving down to the beach um, for our sister's graduation. Uh, some of you may have seen that on my story, but we were we were driving, we were talking about various things, and you brought up the idea of a podcast. And I said, well, you know, I've always wanted to do a podcast. It's always been something... Uh, in the back of my head that I wanted to do in the future, but I always thought, nah, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm not ready to do a podcast. And then you brought up, hey, why don't we, why don't we do a podcast together? And I, I thought about it, and I was like, you know what, that would actually be really, really cool because we can go into detail in more of these topics that I already talk about uh, on my short form videos on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, and uh, yeah, just go go more in depth and also talk about other things. So not necessarily just food, but um, overall health, whether that be sleep or stress management or and really, really anything that has to do with health, living a healthy life. Um, we can go more in depth that I, uh, where I really, not that I can't, but I can't go that in depth on these short form videos on Instagram. So I thought a podcast would be perfect and always want to do a podcast that's so cool yeah yeah exactly and Kyle for everyone on the other side of the camera he treats his body extremely well and a huge part of that is the food that he puts into it that, that we all put into it learning through this content but but there's so much more to taking care of your body there's sleep there's yes. just mental health um, mm -hmm. and, and so this gives us an opportunity to explore that side of treating your body right yeah and I feel like it's something I don't talk about as I try, I try to talk about it on my stories, at least on Instagram. Um, but it's not necessarily something I talk about a lot. And I definitely, um, I mean, I'm, I'm learning every single day. Uh, so, uh, this gives us the space to share that. So exactly, yeah. exactly right. So Kyle, you know why he's here. He's got the information. Why, why am I here? Yeah. What, why are you here? I, <laughs> well, one, I'm an excellent podcast host. <laughs> That's true. That, well, we'll find out, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Yeah, I was going to wait. wait. <laughs> yeah. You don't have any experience. Yeah. But but the other real reason is because I, I don't have all of the information that Kyle has. And I am here to ask the questions 
that you all want asked. Mm -hmm. You have all of these amazing questions. You, you ask them in Kyle's comment section, in, in his DMs. I'm here to ask those questions on your behalf where we can really go deeper on those subjects. And, and it's not like I am a stranger to healthy eating. I, I've gone through my own kind of journey on um, working with with Crohn's disease, living with that. Yeah, why don't we, yeah. Why don't yeah. you talk about that briefly? Yeah, well, that's yeah. right right into that. Because, yeah, you go first and then I'll, I'll quickly share my story. So okay. You, you go ahead. Yeah. So back in, I guess, 20, 2008, 2009, actually, I was diagnosed with something called Crohn's disease, which at the time I had no idea what that meant. And so there was this hurdle of, of first just learning what is this thing that, that I now have. And part of that was education and, and part of that, was learning through eating. Eating is a huge part of Crohn's disease because everything you put in your body is somehow digested and impacts everyone very differently. Um, so unfortunately, there's not necessarily a guide to mm -hmm. living with Crohn's. You, you do have to figure it out yourself. And that was my initial journey is, is figuring out how to live with Crohn's. And food is a huge part of that. There are certain things I, I can't eat still to this day. And uh, that, that's part of kind of what inspired me to first really understand the impact that food can have on your body. So that really led me into this journey. And then not only a, a few years later, Kyle was uh, impacted by, by the same diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, like what, what, like, I guess when you were diagnosed, what, what, what happened? Like, what did you try different medications? Like what happened? Yeah. So your... I, yeah, immediate reaction, like almost every other person out there is what, <clears throat> what medicine do I need to take? to fix this? How yeah. do I, I feel better? Yeah. Once you're diagnosed, you're like, all right, what, yeah, what do I need to do? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and, and never, I think in that conversation, does food come up, which, yeah. Do you remember your GI doctor ever talking about the role that food played in not all of once, it? Yeah, not, not once. once did food yeah. come up? I'll talk about my experience with when I, when I brought it up, when I brought food up to my GI doctor, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Stay, stay tuned. <laughs> A little teaser there. <laughs> Exactly. But they don't. It, it's it's medicine. How can we fix this with medicine? And so within the first two years of my diagnosis, I, I went through four or five medicines that none of them worked. I was still in the same amount of pain. I still couldn't eat. Lost right. 50 pounds. Yeah. Um, a lot of issues. You were skinny. Very skinny. It yeah. didn't look good. No, it didn't. <laughs> it wasn't a good look. No. And I had just started college. Yeah. And that's just uh, another kind of layer of working through a changing environment, which, which definitely doesn't help, right. um, stress. I'm sure we'll get into stress at some point yeah, in, for sure. in this as well. But what, so it was, it was try this medication and then, oh, that didn't work. Let's try the next one. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you just keep trying and trying and trying until you right. see if something works. Right. Which is not, which is a lot of like, a lot of people like to blame doctors and it's like, yeah, you can blame them, but like, that's, that's what they are taught. Like they don't know any better than Oh, here's this medication. It had it had these um, it had this study about it x amount of years ago, and it showed this amount of effectiveness. So this is what we're going to give you. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, let's try. Let's what's the next one in line? So yep. that's just what they're taught. That's a great point. And for me, it didn't work, but for others, it did. Exactly. Um, so it's it's not like it, it's a complete failure. <laughs> others, it, it does work, but exactly. everyone's everyone's custom. Exactly. Yep. So you tried a bunch of different medications, and eventually. I was led to a point where I needed to have surgery mm -hmm. and I got that surgery done. And I, I remember before the surgery, I, I could only eat a few things uh, and they weren't healthy things for whatever reason. My body could process strange things. One of them was, was like quesadillas. Um, I had a ton of quesadillas what? just because I could eat them um, and sandwiches for whatever reason. <laughs> what? 
So yeah, not not CKN approved, <laughs> but it, hey, you can get healthy tortillas and healthy bread true. nowadays. This but. was not this was not healthy, <laughs> um, but it, it it worked. It was what I could eat, yeah. and I remember I went through the surgery and got that done, and almost immediately after, I, I could eat whatever I wanted, and That's it crazy. was just uh, a breath of fresh air. That's crazy. It was great. So the, the surgery was huge for me. So yes, as, as Kyle said, we're n- we're not bashing doctors here by mm-hmm. any means. They they really did save my life in that moment. Um, but I think there's a role that food can play in that diagnosis as, as well. And that's what we'll, we'll get into. Yeah. Um, I once, this is kind of random, but not really. I, I listened to, I forget it was a, it was a podcast or a video or something, but they said the best type of doctor is going to prescribe you something, but then they're going to, th- they're going to tell you and they're going to think, what do we need to do in order to get you off of this drug? And I think a lot of that comes with proper diet and other healthy lifestyle things in order to, you know, get you off that drug. But, um, okay. So you had surgery and then after that, all good. No, no problem. I mean like not no problems, but yeah, for the most part. Yes. Every now and then. And again, get a a little flare up, but mainly that's because of the food that I'll eat. And I know what those foods are. Right. Tend to be some certain vegetables that I can't digest fully, but otherwise, yes, it's been, been smooth sailing since that surgery. Nice. Yeah. Now, that's my story. Yeah. Let's hear about your story. Yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of you already know my story. If you've been following me on Instagram, if you haven't been following me on Instagram, I'll give a, a quick summary. Um, so for me, it all started when I was in college. So I remember uh, going through this with Kevin. We were in high school. What you were, it's When yeah. did it start? My Sen- junior, junior jun- year of high junior school. Junior year. So yeah. Kevin was a junior. I was a freshman um, in high school. And I remember him going through all of this and having this pain in his stomach and losing a lot of weight. And I was, I didn't know any, like I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. Um, But then fast forward, I'm in college. Uh, This is probably my junior year was when I first started to experience a lot of lower back pain, Um, almost like nerve pain. Not, not, I wouldn't describe it as muscle pain, but I'd say like more like shooting nerve pain through my back, sometimes through my butt, down my legs. Um, and of course, I go, the first thing I do is Google it. And I thought, it, uh, I thought it was like sciatica, I think it's what it's called, which is basically nerve pain. So I was like, okay, that's probably what it is. Let me go to um, a chiropractor or um, a physical therapist or something and get this under control. So I go to all these, all these different doctors. The chiropractor helped, um, but the pain kept coming back and it would get worse and worse and worse. So finally, I go to different types of doctors, and they start by um, telling me, "Let's let's go ahead and get a um, what is the scan on like the GI uh, GI test scan? Oh, uh, uh, CT like, scan. CT scan. Yeah. They say, okay, um, let's get a CT scan on your back, and then we'll. They said we'll do it on your like front and back, so we can see we can see if there's anything." They're like, okay, sounds good. So I go do that. And then they say, oh yeah, you have uh, inflammation in your intestines. And I was like, oh really? At that point, I really didn't have a lot of digestive symptoms or stomach pain or anything. It was just this back pain. Um, but they're like, yeah, you have inflammation. You need to get a colonoscopy like ASAP. So it was probably like the next week or something. I go to get, go to get a colonoscopy and they're like, yeah, you have Crohn's disease. And I was like, okay, well now we know what it is. Let's get this thing figured out. And 
I don't know. I think some people, when they get a diagnosis, they may like freak out and be scared and worried. But I was actually like relieved because I was like, oh, well, Kevin had this. Like, I know how to deal with this. Like, just give me whatever medicine I need and I'll, I'll be fine. Because I honestly, at that point, I had like maybe a little bit of digestive symptoms, but it was more of this back pain and... Um, I guess looking back on it, I was also like tired and uh, all these other symptoms, but I was in college. I was drinking, I was eating terrible. I was stressed out of my mind. Um, so anyway, I, I try a bunch of different medications. Nothing works for me. I think I, I think I really only tried two before I finally went to Google and I was like, how to heal my gut naturally. And I came across, you know, functional medicine, living a healthy lifestyle. It matters about the food you put in your body. And I was like, whoa, like it matters what food I put in my body? Like that affects my digestive system? Yeah, exactly. And up until this point, you've met with tons of doctors. Oh, yeah. How how many brought up food? Oh, not a single one. Yeah. Not a single one. So I'm like, whoa, this is so much information. Like I was excited. I was like, this is so cool. And I'm just learning as much as I possibly can. Um, so right away, I mean, I start learning about ingredients, which is what I share now. Um, and all the garbage that's in our food. So right away I switched my diet. I, uh, cut out all the bad ingredients, which we'll get into and start feeling better almost immediately in terms of like my back pain and the stomach pain and digestive symptoms, symptoms that I did have. And, uh, I remember going into my GI doctor and being like, I'm feeling so much better and I'm eating these foods and I cut out these foods and they're like, Oh, well, you probably shouldn't do that. And I was like, what? She basically just like, I don't know. She basically said what what I was doing was wrong kind of like, and that food had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Dismissed it. Uh, there, there's one answer here and it's, it's probably medication. Yeah. Um, and I remember telling her too, I was like, oh, I did like a 24 hour water fast just to give my digestive system a break from everything. And like, I felt better after it. And she was like, oh, well, we don't want to do that again. That's not good. And I was like, oh, okay. And that was the last time I saw her. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back. But actually it was, it was the last time. That's true story. Yeah. But then I, but I just quickly, yeah, we'll go back. But, and then. After that, basically, I went off all medications because I just didn't want to. I didn't want to deal with it anymore, and um, just focused on learning new things and trying new things. And here we are, and I'm a hundred, not a hundred percent better, but you know, ninety five percent better than I was then. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone's got a, a different story. Yeah, everyone's got a, a custom body that they need to to treat. But I, I guess in hearing that. You went to all these doctors, and a lot of people go to doctors to fix certain things about them, but you took the extra step of doing some self-research, some self-education to get up to speed on what's going on inside of you. What encouraged you to do that? Because I think the natural tendency is for people to just keep going and asking their doctors, the experts, what what they should do. So what encouraged you to, to do something different? I just got... To be totally honest, I just got bad vibes every time I walked into the doctor's office and I just thought there had to be another way. Like I'm always that person that's like, 
there ha- like there has to be another way like mm-hmm. that that this can't be it and it's the same thing like when i started working in when i when i started working a 9 to 5 job i was like this can't be it there's got <laughs> there's got to be something else so the same, it was literally the same thing with my doctor like i'd get in there i'd do the same things i'd spend 5 minutes with the actual doctor like telling her my symptoms and everything and it was like she it, it was like she wasn't really listening to me mm-hmm. and she was just she already knew what drug she was going to prescribe me. Yeah. So I don't know. Just not a good feeling. I always go with my gut in these situations. Like it's just not a good feeling. And I feel like they weren't really listening to me. And I thought there had to be another way. Yeah. So. Yep. I, I think that that's a, a great answer. And yeah. it does seem at times as though that I think what you're saying is their answers are programmed. Yeah. And not personalized to you based on the answers that you've given them. Um, so that, that's exactly what food can do. Food can personalize your, your, your medicine, your diet to to you, to Mm -hmm. who you are as a person, how you digest and, and work with food. And that, that's what we want to explore Mm -hmm. here with you all. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's some background information about us, why we're doing this. I hope you guys are still listening. (laughs) It's going to be really sad when there's only like two people. (laughs) Hey, I don't care if no one listens to this podcast. This is awesome. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, hey, mom and dad. Those are the two. (laughs) Um, But now let's get into some some meat, some context here. So the first thing we want to talk about is, look, you're, you're someone that's new to healthy eating. And you're overwhelmed. There are a million different diets and, and trends out there of what you should be putting into your body. Mm-hmm. If you scroll on, on Instagram or TikTok for five minutes, you might get 10 different opinions on what you should be consuming. So we want to keep this as, as simple as possible. Let's say you're someone that's new to this. What are some things that, that you would look for? What, maybe what are some easy switches that you can make in your current diet that are going to make a big impact? Yeah. So when I... When I think about this question, I think there's really three easy swaps that a lot of people can make. Um, and I'll give some general grocery shopping tips after. But three general tips, and I've mentioned it before, is first thing, we got to swap out the vegetable oils, the canola, corn, safflower, sunflower, soybean oil. Oh, there's so many. Um, rice bran oil. Uh, swap out those for olive oil, for good high quality fats. And we can talk about why I don't like vegetable oils, but good high quality oils for like olive oil, avocado oil, and make sure you're buying real avocado oil, uh, coconut oil, even things like butter, um, uh, beef fat, tallow, uh, ghee, all of these fats are such better alternatives than vegetable oil, even though we've been told the opposite. Um, so that's the first thing I would do. Swap out the vegetable oils for, for, for the better, the better oils. Uh, second is swap out the refined cane sugar, the table sugar, the white sugar, uh, for higher quality sweeteners. Like, uh, my top two would be raw honey and maple syrup. Those have the most nutrients in them and they're the least processed. And then coconut sugar is also a good option because it's unrefined, so it still contains a lot of the minerals in there. So vegetable oils for for better oils. Uh, Refined cane sugar for the unrefined uh, sugars. And the third one is swap out the refined grains for whole grains. So when I say refined grains, most of the time you turn over the package and you see 
uh, wheat flour or uh, unbleached wheat flour, unbleached um, – what's the word when they put all the vitamins in? Um, I forget. It'll come to me. But those are really the three – those are the three things. Yeah. It does, well, first of all, it doesn't sound overwhelming when no. you put it like that. And the other thing is, is you just named oil, sugar, and wheat. If I'm I'm a normal person, those don't sound like healthy foods to me immediately. But I, I think what we'll explore is that those can be yeah. healthy foods, and and they can work as part of a healthy diet. It's not like Kyle sitting here telling you, you you can only eat vegetables, you can only eat fruit. Right. What what I I th- typically think of when I hear someone saying that they want to eat healthy, these are are swaps that anyone can make. These are staple foods that everyone has in their pantry. Um, and I think they're they're pretty easy to to substitute for. Yeah. But why? Like <clears throat> vegetable oil, but it says vegetable in it. Right. Why is it not healthy? Yeah. How deceiving is that? Yeah. Everyone sees like, oh, vegetable. Oil. Oh, that's that's got to be healthy. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's uh, it's the way these vegetable oils are processed. One, but then also the fatty acid profile of that. So. How are vegetable oils processed? Actually, if you look up how canola oil is made on YouTube, you can see a video. It's like a 20-step process, and it's absolutely disgusting. It's <laughs> gross. Uh, but it goes through – so we'll start with this. Most vegetable oils are polyunsaturated fats, and polyunsaturated fats are uh, – they, they oxidize very easily. They're extremely unstable fats, so when you heat them up, they form basically toxins. And how are vegetable oils processed? Well, they're heated to extremely high temperatures multiple times throughout the process of how a how corn becomes corn oil. Um, and there's, uh, side note, there, I forget the exact amount, but the amount of corn in one tablespoon of corn oil is ridiculous. And no one, no one would ever consume that much corn. So... We're getting these polyunsaturated fats that they that go through this process, ext- uh, heated to high temperatures, oxidize, and basically form toxins. So by the time we consume them, they're very toxic to our body and they're toxic to our cells. And if our cells get sick, we get sick. And that's how a lot of diseases happen nowadays. Um, so that's the first component is is the fatty acid profile. But then... It's also very high in these omega-6 fats, which are, some people say, inflammatory. So we have omega-3 fats and we have omega-6 fats. Both of them are essential. We can't, we can't go without omega-6 fats, but um, we're consuming way too many omega-6 fats uh, in the diet today. And it's primarily because of these vegetable oils because they're literally in every processed food because they're so cheap to make. And companies put them in everything. Uh, most restaurants cook in them. All I mean, all fast food places use them. So yeah, it's it is crazy. And on the omega six, what, why, why is too much of omega six a bad thing? Honestly, I don't know the exact like science within the body, but basically, we need a omega six to omega th- or omega three to omega six ratio of two to one. So we want to have more omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory, which are good for our body, good for our cells, good for our brain. Uh, but when we get too much of these omega-6 fats, it basically causes a reaction within the body and um, 
ultimately leads to inflammation. Got it. So that it sounds like with with these vegetable oils, first they're they're toxic to mm-hmm. our body, and then they can maybe cause some sort of chemical imbalance within our bodies if if we're not consuming them in the right proportions. Exactly. And yeah, every once in a while, yeah, if you have a little bit of vegetable oil every now and then, it's not the end of the world, but it's the amount that we're consuming because they're like I said, they're literally in everything. Right. So we're just consuming so much of this. Oh yeah. I I, yeah. I love cooking with oil. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, not all, not all oil is bad. Right. Yes, only olive oil. Only yeah. olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> but when, and when ghee you, and butter and, and ghee, yes, of course. <laughs> when you I said love ghee. <laughs> that's not sponsored. <laughs> when you this s- podcast is sponsored. By- <laughs> Just kidding. We don't have sponsors yet. Actually, we did get a sponsor for this episode, thanks to Flav City. Now, traditional smoothie preparation involved buying expensive ingredients like protein, collagen, functional mushrooms, healthy fats, and fruit, along with the hassle of cleaning a bulky blender. Flav City saw this inefficiency and set out to revolutionize the smoothie experience. With just one scoop of the Flav City protein smoothie in a shaker bottle combined with your preferred liquid, you can effortlessly enjoy a complete and nutrient-dense smoothie on the go. These chef-driven protein smoothies have finally bridged the gap between flavor and function with no funky aftertastes, no artificial sweeteners, and no gritty textures. Every single ingredient is derived from real, delicious, whole foods and crafted to enhance your health journey. They have chocolate peanut butter, chocolate, berries and cream, and my personal favorite, vanilla cream. And for a limited time, they're offering 15% off with code CLEANKITCHEN. Just go to shopflavecity.com or click the link in the description of this episode. Again, that is code CLEANKITCHEN for 15% off everything site-wide. Now back to the show. When you said that these vegetable oils tend to create these toxins at high temperatures, Mm -hmm. the the first thing I, I normally think of when using oils is heating up something on a frying pan. Is that almost reactivating the toxins? Uh, it's definitely not helping. Not helping. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they're already, they're already, uh, there, but yeah, it's, I, I, I'd say it's probably make, it makes it even worse. Okay. And also when you go to the store, you go down the oil section and what do you see? You see the vegetable oils, which are all, all in clear plastic bottles. And then you have like the avocado oil and the olive oil, which are in dark, bottles you want the dark because that preserves the the fat in there and prevents it from oxidizing Hmm. so i don't know why all the vegetable oils are like that my assumption is that all of these oils are already oxidized and it doesn't because some if sunlight goes through it can oxidize that way as well uh but I mean, yeah, all of the vegetable oils, they're in clear plastic bottles, and my assumption is that they're already oxidized, so they don't care, but um, yeah, if, if you're buying anything in a clear plastic bottle, it's usually a, re- usually a red flag. Okay, that is good to know. So yeah. maybe also just the clear plastic is cheaper to produce, yeah. going along with the, the yeah. theme I guess earlier. they're just trying to make it che- as cheap yeah. as possible. Yeah. I mean, just look at the price of, yeah. you could buy a gallon of, gallons, go to Costco, you buy gallons of these vegetable oils for so cheap. Yeah. Um, but okay. So yeah. immediate, if, if you're just getting started, yeah. one of the first things you can do, take all of that vegetable oil out of your kitchen, throw it away. It's not, not worth it. And go get olive oil, go get avocado oil, go get ghee, go get beef talon, all of beef these, tallow. beef tallow, <laughs> <laughs> all of these replacements that are way better for you. Yes. Okay. And the reason that all these are better for you is because it's, a, it's a different 
fatty acid profile. So vegetable oils, polyunsaturated fats, very unstable, oxidized very easily, saturated, or sorry, all these other ones, olive oil, olive oil and avocado oil are monounsaturated fats. And these have much more omega-3 fatty acids and much less omega-6. Still contains a little bit omega-6. Like I said, omega-6 is necessary, but way less and yeah, just a way better amount. So avocado oil, olive oil, monounsaturated fats. And then we have things like ghee, butter, tallow, coconut oil. Those are all saturated fats, which we've also been told is terrible for us, which is the complete opposite. Saturated fats are amazing for us. Our brain, and don't quote me on this, but I think our brain is is literally made out of saturated fat. But yet where people are saying, oh, don't eat saturated fat because it raises your cholesterol, which is a whole other topic. I don't know if we want to get into that on this. this. We'll save that for another. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, save. Yeah, we, got, we got a lot of topics. We'll save the cholesterol talk for another time. But yeah, swap out the polyunsaturated fats, the vegetable oils for monounsaturated fats and saturated fats. That makes sense. And that's the first thing I would suggest for anyone wanting to live a healthier life. And that goes for both the oils you cook with and also the oils that you see on the back of the package because I'll tell you right now, 99, 90, at this day, actually the proportion is probably getting better. 95% of processed food at the store have vegetable oils. Used to be wow. 99. Now I'd say 95. Wow. That's a total guess. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> a high number. We're going to fact check that one. Maybe not at Whole Foods, yeah. but you know, Walmart. Yeah. Big time. Yep. I, I think that's another good point there is that when you make that switch, you can't tell. No, taste. no. I, I think a lot of people are concerned that they're going to lose flavor when they switch to healthier foods, but there's no chance. Vegetable oils actually have no flavor at all whatsoever. There they go, go they, back to how they're made. They go through a, a deodorization process because they actually, they're rancid. So they smell terrible, hmm. but then they go through a deodorization process that completely kills the odor. So they have no taste at all whatsoever. And then after they go through the deodorization process, they get bleached um, because it's like when it comes out, it's like a dark, like a dark brownish color, but then they're bleached. So they're like, so it's more clear. This yeah, it's wild. gross. Yeah. We're gonna have to watch this video yeah. after. Yeah, we'll if you it. just listen to how this is made, yeah. then I, I think common sense will get you that. Exactly. You probably don't want to put that in your body. And that's the other thing. It doesn't take a genius to know, oh, if it goes through that many steps and it looks like that after... I probably shouldn't be eating that. Yep. How is olive oil made? They crush olives. Yeah. How is avocado oil made? They crush avocados. Yes. How is butter made? They take milk and they churn it. Yeah. I think that's how you make butter. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, just think about it. It's, it's yeah. like all these other healthy options, they, they have one, like one step. And then these vegetable oils have 20 steps. Yep. Exactly. So. If there's just if you're just looking to get started, some takeaways that I've had watching and consuming Kyle over the past few years is, is the less ingredients, the better. And as long as I can pronounce and relatively understand the ingredients yeah. in anything, then I, I feel better about it. Um, so that that's kind of a, a quick tip there for you guys. Yeah. Yep. So that's the first thing. Vegetable okay. oils. That's vegetable oils. Swap them out. So then sugar. Sugar's the next thing that you'd you'd hit. Sugar. Yeah, sugar. <laughs> uh, yeah. And yeah. So sugar. Swap out the refined cane sugar uh for natural sweeteners. Uh the two best na natural sweeteners, like I mentioned, raw honey and maple syrup. Yep. And that goes for again, both when you're uh baking or putting it in 
coffee or looking at it on the back of a package. And do you do you consume a lot of that sugar? <clears throat> I don't. Uh, I usually, if I'm going to have something for sweetness, it's normally raw honey. And when I say raw honey, I just mean it's unpasteurized, meaning it doesn't go through um, a heating process. Most honey on grocery store shelves is pasteurized, so it's heated. And that heating process actually kills a lot of the nutrients that are there. And honey is has a lot of antioxidants and different vitamins and minerals, and it can actually be very nutritious. Uh, but when it goes through that pasteurization process, it practically kills all of it. So that's why I recommend raw honey. Raw honey. You can find it. Raw honey in your tea, coffee, anything? Yeah. yeah. It's actually funny you, you say that because I just did a video about this not too long ago. I said, stop putting honey in your hot tea. Do you know why? No. Think about what I just said. It kills it. It kills all the benefits. It kills it. It pasteurizes this, it. This guy's listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you don't want to put raw honey or maple syrup for that matter, but definitely not honey in your scorching hot tea. Wait for it to cool down a little mm-hmm. bit, or if you want to get the full benefits, just eat it by itself, like eat it plain. How does that taste? I love honey. Oh, yeah? Oh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, like, if, I, uh, if I'm going to work out or something, sometimes I'll just, like, take a couple spe- teaspoons of honey. Oh, it's so good. Wow, I have not done that. I'm going to have to try oh, that. Oh, we're going to try that. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to try that. Maybe we'll add taste testing to the yeah, next show. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I yeah. like that. Okay. Oh, yeah. So that's an easy, easy one. Yeah, it's a relatively easy one. It's yeah. difficult when I, uh, when you're looking at packages. It's not a lot of companies use honey. Not a lot of companies companies use maple syrup because it's way more expensive than cane sugar. the 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 most popular alternative you'll see on packages is unrefined coconut sugar, which is a better alternative. Okay. And I I normally recommend that. Okay. And yeah. so when when you're looking, I guess because it's one thing to to put sugar in whatever you're making but another i think it's very common to see sugar or some form of it listed as an ingredient Mm -hmm. on certain uh, food items what are maybe some avoids and and what are some okays i think you you just mentioned one there but what should people really avoid what do people call what do companies call sugar on different packages that you should avoid yeah really the main culprits are going to be cane sugar sugar high fructose corn syrup corn syrup and I think that's about it. That's that's to avoid. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be careful of those. Yeah. And there's another one. There's there's another um, sweetener out there called agave mm. syrup. Are you familiar with that? I am. Yeah. This this is this is a little bit controversial okay. uh, in terms of whether that's really healthy or not. It's much higher in fructose. It has like ninety percent fructose or something, and high fructose corn syrup is actually less. I want to say it's like eighty something percent, maybe even less. Uh, but agave nectar has 90% fructose. And a lot of people out there will tell you to avoid agave because that much fructose is very hard on the liver and the liver can't process that much and can ultimately lead to things like fatty liver disease. Um, but then there's other people out there that say, oh no, uh, agave is a good alternative because it doesn't spike your blood sugar. Mm. Like, so there's glucose and fructose. Glucose is what spikes your blood sugar. Um, so this is ma- mainly fructose, not a lot of glucose, and it uh, is typically safer for people with diabetes. Okay. Um, so yeah, a little bit controversial. It's not too often in terms of processed foods; it's not very common. But normally, 
I avoid it. And yeah. I normally tell people to avoid it. Okay. Yeah. That is good to know. I- because it's also processed as well, just like mm. cane sugar. It's it's pasteurized, so it goes through a heating process, so there's just not a lot of nutrients there. Yeah. There are better alternatives, I exactly. think, is the takeaway. I, I only use agave in, in one thing. It's a margarita. I make oh, a mean margarita. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> that probably has some other unhealthy things in it that we'll right. fix. See, next time you use, use some raw honey. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we'll sub it out. <laughs> Okay, so we got sugars, we've got oils, and then the last e- easy swap to make is your grains. Yeah, and this is uh, when I when I say this, this is normally uh, when it comes to your packaged foods, uh, mainly things like bread. Uh, look, instead of 90 percent of bread has wheat, you see the first first ingredient says wheat flour or unbleached wheat for enriched. That's the word I was thinking enriched, of earlier. Yes. Enriched. You see enriched flour. A lot of people are like, oh, that's good. It's enriched. But why is it enriched? You know what enriched means? No, I don't. <laughs> it's when they add all the vitamins and minerals at the end. Why, why add them at the end? Because they're, because they're stripped away in the making of mm-hmm. that wheat. So wheat, wheat by itself, before you make any sort of chemical changes to it, is a healthy option? Um. I don't know if I'd go go as far and say it's healthy. Well, okay. uh, I don't know. This is pr- it's it's probably debated whether it's healthy or not. I'd say it's not bad. Okay. In its unprocessed form, a lot of people are uh, allergic to gluten and sensitive to gluten. That's that's a conversation for another day. But in its unprocessed form, yeah, whole grains or whole wheat isn't isn't bad. Okay. So. Most packaged foods, whether it be baked goods or tortillas or bread, like the things you, you, you used yeah. to eat, that was probably wheat flour, refined wheat flour, uh, which basically takes whole grain or whole wheat and takes away. So there's, I'm going to get this wrong, but there's three parts to a whole grain. There's the bran, the germ, and the endosperm. And in the refining process, it takes away two of those, and I forget which one it's left with, but it's left with one of those. Maybe we'll flash some text on the screen when we figure <laughs> this out. Uh, it's left with one of those, but it strips it of all of the vitamins, minerals, and fiber, which is the good part of the whole grain or the, or the whole wheat. So uh, that's why when – I guess it could be also when you're buying when you're buying flour for if you're baking something – or when you're looking at the back of that package of bread or tortillas or baked goods, look for whole grain or whole wheat because that has the vitamins and minerals intact and fiber. And you're not going to see enriched whole grain because the whole grain, it, it has everything there. So uh, I guess you could say enriched. If you see that, that's kind of a red flag because that means they're adding in synthetic vitamins and minerals at the end because they took them away to mm-hmm. begin with. Got it. And also those those ones that they add in, those synthetic vitamins, are much less bioavailable, meaning we can't absorb them as well. It's not like they're adding in all, all the good vitamins there at the end. Yeah, they're like yeah. yeah, but they basically they claim to be. So yeah. on the nutrition label, they can be like, oh no, look, it has all the vitamin mm. A and B and C and D and many. Yeah. It's like nah, not really. No. And but most people don't know that. They're like, oh yeah, I got everything. Yeah, exactly. So. Not not your fault if if you've had that in the past. Yeah. Okay, so that's grains. And, and in case anyone just had a flashback to high school chemistry just now going deep there, don't worry. At first, a lot of these terms may seem overwhelming, but we're going to yeah. break them down for you and make sure that, that you really understand what's going on. And the more you hear them, the more you'll get 
familiar with them, you'll understand them. And at the end of the day, we want to teach you why, the why behind all of right. this. We're not just going to tell you to go do something and hope you do it. Right. We want you to, to make decisions for yourself. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast because, yes, I do try to explain the why, but I want to get more more into it. Yeah, we can go deeper here. Yeah. Okay, so those are the, the three switches that you can make. You're just getting started. You're going to make those three swaps, and hopefully you'll, you'll start feeling a little bit better. <clears throat> um, but we have uh, one other section. Segment? Segment, yeah. We got one other segment <laughs> that we want to go through here today, and it's common food myths, Ooh, which I think is a fun one. I like this. <laughs> yeah. So th- there's a, a lot of misinformation out there Oh yeah. around food and what it does and doesn't do. So we want to bring you the truth mm. of what food is. So We brought. We want to bring you the truth. I like that. Maybe a catchphrase or something. <laughs> <laughs> Make t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> so we found five. Well, I, I found five myths. I'm okay. going to present them to Kyle. Okay. And Kyle's going to tell me why they are myths okay so okay. they are so they are myths they are myths okay another se- segment we'll do truth or myth and oh i we'll like let that. you figure that out okay I like but that. these are myths okay. we want to break down the walls here Got to it. start so the first myth <clears throat> that we have here is that carbohydrates mm-hmm. are bad for you and they should be avoided at all times mm. what do you think of that well the keto community will agree with you there yeah. so well i mean yeah the keto community will agree with you but i'm not uh, I'm not. I'm not a big keto guy. So, um, all carbs are not bad. Absolutely not. So, all. I'll start. I'll start off by saying all calories are not the same. So a lot of people think, oh, the calorie in uh, the calories in this bread, and the calories in this broccoli are the same, if they're the same amount or whatever, they're the same. It's calories are calories, but that's not the case. And the same thing can be said about all carbs are not the same. The carbs in, again, white bread are not the same as carbs in this apple because carbs in this white bread, you know, like we just, like we just talked about, it has refined wheat flour. It has vegetable oils. It has added sugar in it. So those are all things that are not so good for your health. But it also has, I don't know, we'll say, I'm making this up, 10 grams of carbs mm-hmm. per that. Okay, here's this apple. Also has 10 grams of carbs, but guess what? It doesn't have any of the refined wheat flour. It doesn't have any of the vegetable oils or the added sugar. It has, what, what does it have? It has vitamins, minerals, and fiber that go along with it. So um, I think... The same thing can be said. Not all calories are the same. Not all carbs are the same. There, are, there definitely are some carbs that I don't recommend you eat. But um, that's not to say all carbs are bad. Not all carbs are bad. And, and I guess on that thought, makes me think about people that count calories or count carbs. What What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it can be beneficial. I'm not saying counting calories is totally useless. Uh, my problem with counting calories and counting carbs is when people continue to eat the processed junk food, but then they're counting their calories. So they're like, oh, I want to lose weight. I'm going to start counting my calories. So now instead of getting whatever it is at McDonald's, I don't know, instead of getting a Big Mac at McDonald's, I'm going to get the quarter pounder because it's less calories or something. It's like, it's still, it's still garbage food. Yeah. So I'm not against counting calories or counting carbs. I think it can be beneficial, but... In my opinion, you should stick to the more real food and not 
the processed garbage. Yep. So. It, it reminds me of a story that went viral a while ago uh-huh. with Michael Phelps when uh-huh. it came out that he was consuming 10,000 calories a day and everyone lost their mind. Yeah. That's an absurd amount of, of calories. But two things. One is he swims all day, yeah. which he burns calories. But two, the calories he was eating isn't McDonald's. Right. It's not treats and, and candy. Yeah. He's eating the, the, the good calories, the calories we talk about. Real food. Yeah. Most likely. Exactly. Yeah. How many calories does the average, do you know how many calories Two the average 3, person? Really? Yeah. So oh, Mike wow. Phelps was eating five, five people's worth of food. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder how many calories I consume a day. I've never counted calories, no. never counted carbs, never counted anything. Yeah. I just go by my body. Do you? Do you? I've never, I've done it at once. I almost lied there. I've done uh. it. <laughs> Because how I, long did you do it for? A few months. Oh wow! Yeah, I heard that in order to lose weight, you need to be in a, a caloric deficit. That's yeah. like every, what everyone says. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, easy yeah. enough. Yeah. So I'll just count what I I eat, and I'll count how much I was burning. Yeah. To stay at a, a caloric deficit in order to to lose weight. Um, but I, I think the the problem there, it might not be a bad thing to count calories, like mm-hmm. you were saying, but it, it changes your mindset with how you approach food, mm. and it's restrictive mm. instead of. What I think we're, we're trying to get at is just choosing the right foods yeah. rather than restricting what you can and cannot eat. Yeah. We want to create a good relationship with food. Exactly. Not a bad one. Yeah. So that's and, my problem with and it. And that's, yeah. And that did it did it help you lose weight? When when was this? I was in college. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was already pretty fit. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> when, when, when would you try to lose weight? I yeah. Don't, I don't remember you ever being heavy. No, I, I was. I thought it would be cool. Um, I got really into uh, weightlifting, and gotcha. I was like, I, I just want to cut. And oh, cut. Okay, gotcha. And gotcha. so that's what I decided to do. Gotcha. Um, that you, you made me just think of something. Like I think a lot of people that do see my content and don't actually follow me, and they just see like one video, they just think I'm uh, food shaming and uh, fear mongering, and I get comments from people normally on TikTok, not as much on Instagram, but people say, "Oh, like." Y- like you're teaching people to to have such a bad relationship with food. Um, That's not what I'm trying to do at all. Obviously I'm just trying to help people make better choices. Yeah. Education. Yeah. Yep. Educate people. I like it. Just a thought. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that's our first minute. Okay. Yeah. Carbs are, are not necessarily bad for you. Don't fear carbs. Don't fear carbs. Myth number two. Just make sure they're coming from the right, the right carbs, the right carbs. Yeah. There we go. The right carbs. Yeah. Myth number two, <clears throat> eating fat mm. will make you fat. Mm. Thoughts? Mm. I mean, it's kind of similar to the whole carb thing. Not all fats are created equal. We learned earlier that the polyunsaturated fats in vegetable oils are not the same as the monounsaturated fats and the saturated fats in uh, other types of oils. So I think one of the reasons that fat is... Uh, people, so many people are afraid of fat, and they think fat makes you fat. Is because per on, on a per gram basis, fat has the most amount of calories than carbs or sugar. So that's one of the reasons people fear fat. Also, the whole saturated fat thing. People think it's bad for your um, your heart health and cardiovascular health and things like that. But yes, fat does have the most calories, but fat is also the most satiating. So it's going to fill you up, unlike carbs and sugar, which are just going to leave you going back for more and more and leave you eating more and more and more. Whereas fat, you're actually going to get satiated from it. Yep. So I think that's that's one of the big things. Um, 
and we're not going to get into this whole saturated fat thing now, but there was actually a study done in 2010 that showed no correlation between saturated fat, intake of saturated fat, and an increased risk of cardiovascular disease or heart disease. So I think that's one of the the main reasons people fear fat. Um, but really, I mean, it, get, it gets back to the same point I was making before. All fat is not created equal. You have to get the right types of fat, like butter, coconut oil, ghee, uh, beef tallow, avocados, eggs, um, fatty fish is another great source of fat. These are all good omega-3 fats, which are good for our body, good for our brain, good for our cells, anti-inflammatory. Um, but yeah. Okay. So the good fats is what we're going for. Good fats. This was one of the, the biggest things that I learned, mm-hmm. I think, from you is the idea that fats can be good. I, I had this myth in my head that avoid fats. They're just, they're just not good for you. Where, where'd you hear that? I think it's just something just you, from people? you learn. I don't know. That's what I was trying to think because I, I honestly never really heard that fats are bad until I would get questions about it or comments mm. from people. Like, isn't saturated fat bad? Isn't fat bad? Isn't it going to make you fat? Isn't it going to do this and that? I'm like, I had to dig into like, why do people think this way? What'd you find? Well, there was a, a, a rigged, a big rigged study back in whoo, 1990s, I want to say. It was back. Yeah, by the... It was, it was somewhere something to do with Harvard. I did a I did a video about this. Um, there was this study done where these Harvard scientists were actually paid off. So they did this study, um, and they found that sugar is what makes people gain weight. They were trying. They were trying to. They were testing all these different things. I think they were testing sugar, carbs, and fat, and they found that sugar was the culprit sugar the, the 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 excess intake of sugar is what makes you gain weight but they were paid off i i don't know exactly by who but they were paid off to basically uh switch the results and say that fat is the culprit fat makes you fat mm. so that's what we based like our our dietary guidelines on for a very long time uh yeah so i think that that was one of the main reasons that i found also fun fact the I don't know which organization, some governmental organization, they used to recommend limiting the amount of saturated fats, where now they say there's no limit. No limit. Yeah. Like you the can limit eat, does not exist. You, yeah, you can eat as much as you want yep. because they realized they were wrong. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So um, I, maybe, I'll, maybe I can link that study in the, in the description or something. But yeah, that was one of the main culprits that I found. Yep. You never know where the studies are coming from. No. It's important to know who's funding them a lot of times. That's a huge point. Yep. You got to know who's funding the studies. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Because these big food corporations, they fund a lot of these studies that tell mm. you, oh, sugar is not so bad for yeah. you. Yeah. Big sugar. Yeah. Big sugar. Big sugar. This guy knows. Yeah. But the, the, the point on fats that we'll just close with before we go to the next myth yeah. is the satiating point that yeah. you made. Because I think <clears throat> that's a big one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when they try to transition to healthy eating, will either limit their quantities or maybe eat just vegetables or or mm. they'll replace unhealthy food with what they think to be healthy food. And then they'll be hungry 15 minutes later. Yeah. And if you add these healthy fats to your diet, I think you'll, you'll notice, as I have, that you're much more full. You're mm-hmm. not looking for more after you're done with dinner or lunch. Yeah. And it, it's much better for you. Yes. And look at you. You, you didn't get fat from eating more fats, no, did you? No, still here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I think – 
Yeah. And, and I'm const- I'm always experimenting with my diet and trying new things. But when I did increase the amount of fat that I was consuming, I noticed how satiated I really am. I heard people say this, you know, yeah, sat- fat is satiating. You're not going to get hungry. But once you experience it, you're just like, yeah, you, you just don't get hungry at all. And um, yeah, it's a wonderful feeling. Not not being hungry throughout the day because you can just do whatever you need to do. Yeah. It's back to that positive relationship with food. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it leads right into myth oh, number three. Look at that segue. All right. So myth number three here is that- How many myths do we have? We have five myths. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll go we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Go through these Yeah. A little, a little quicker. Yeah. Speed round. Yeah. Speed round. All right. Skipping meals yeah. helps with weight loss. Mm. What are your thoughts? You're talking like intermittent fasting? Could be intermittent fasting or just, oh, no, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm not going to have lunch today. Um, well, I think it's it, – it is – it'll get the job done if you're, if you're restricting the amount of food you're eating and you're consuming less calories. Then, yes, in theory, you will probably lose weight. Mm-hmm. You may also be undernourished if you start doing that, though. Uh, you may not be consuming the correct amount of calories. So, uh, I don't recommend skipping meals and start like starving yourself. Right. If you're skipping meals, but then you're eating, you know, good, high quality, nutrient dense foods, getting the amount of calories you need in your, your other two meals of the day. I only eat two meals a day. Um, but I'm not like restricting myself. So I do like intermittent fasting. I think intermittent fasting has a lot more benefits than just losing weight. Uh, it, it it gives your whole digestive system a break and a rest to kind of reset and do what it needs to do. Um, I think so many. I think the whole like uh, five meals a day, eating eating every hour, every couple hours. I I I don't think that's great in my opinion, just because. You're constantly shoving food down your digestive system and it never has a break. So in terms of that, um, I think, I don't know. It, I think it can be beneficial. Yeah. There's a difference between skipping a meal because you're trying to lose weight and skipping a meal because you're full. Yeah. And exa- yeah, exactly. That's, that's what Kyle's getting at there, yeah, I think. Yeah. Is that he, he's full, so maybe he won't have a meal. Exactly. Um, and the other thing is weight loss, just be careful with it, I think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not make that your goal. But uh, maybe it's a, a side effect. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's a great point. Because I, I wouldn't really, I don't call myself like a, I mean, I definitely don't know a lot about weight loss. I don't teach people how to lose weight. I just mm-hmm. try to teach people how to eat healthier. And I think, like you said, that's a, a side effect of eating healthier. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Myth number four All right. is, is actually one we already covered. Okay. All calories are created equal. Oh, okay. And so if if you missed that, rewind 10 minutes. And, yeah. And Kyle there talked you, about that already. Yeah. Okay, and myth number five, our mm-hmm. last myth today, is going to be detox diets and cleanses are necessary in order to remove toxins from your body. What are your thoughts on that? Mm, I think there's mm, there's a lot of different cleanses and detoxes, like you said, and different like programs and different things you can drink and buy and... I'm going to be honest. I think most of it is just a gimmick. It's a lot of it's just a marketing gimmick. Uh, I think there are certain supplements and things you can take to detox, like activated charcoal and uh, 
uh, clay and things like that that bind to these toxins and you, you know you poop them out or pee them out um I don't know. I'm personally not a big fan of them. Yep. I've tried a couple over the years. I never had a good experience with them. I'm not a fan. No. No. It, they, I think they, they do feel a bit salesy. Yeah. Compared to just eating healthy. Yeah. Which is, is more so what we want to focus on. Yeah. Um, which one, out of curiosity, which ones did you try? Oh. I mean, I did like, I don't know if I like bought something specifically, but it was like, oh, I did a juice cleanse for like a few days. Yeah. And I just felt terrible. I was starving. Uh, I was tired. I had headaches. Like it's just like I just had very bad experiences with all of them. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier you did a twenty-four hour water cleanse. Is yeah, this water different fast. than than those? Um, yeah, I'd say that's that's kind of that kind of gets back to my earlier point about intermittent fasting, kind of just giving your body a break. Uh, there are a lot of other benefits to fasting. Um, I think once you get beyond a couple days, like then you start, like you can get a lot of headaches and you can get really, you can get bad sleep and all these other things. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, doing, doing a 24 hour fast every once in a while is a good, is a good thing. I I can't say I do it often, but, um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, those are our myths, our five myths that we've gone through. Hopefully, we debunked those for you, and you're feeling good about them. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that that was all we had. What did you think? Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. That was great. Yeah. What did I think? Yeah. What did you think? Oh, I thought that was great. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. I hope I hope our listeners are still listening. I hope they enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we covered a lot. If you have questions, let us know yeah. about what we covered or even just future topics you want us to cover. Yeah. That's the whole purpose here is, is for us to go deep on what you guys want. And I, I will be acting as the the mouthpiece to you guys. Whatever questions you have, we'll get them to Kyle so that you can better educate yourself and, and we can educate ourselves as well. Yep. And we are... Um... I have no idea how I'm going to edit this, but I'm going to figure that out after we stop recording here. And hopefully we're going to be posting this on YouTube. Uh, we'll have this on the podcasts app, the Apple Apple podcasts. Yep. I think I'll be able to get it on Spotify as well. Uh, what else? Instagram, we'll maybe post some clips. We'll post some clips. We'll do yeah. the clips on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I think that's it though. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching everybody. Uh, until next time. Clean Kitchen, what is our name? Clean ki- the Clean Kitchen Pod? Clean Kitchen Pod. We'll, we'll, figure, we'll figure it out. out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right, see you guys. Bye.